Welcome to the Ford Marketing Podcast, the podcast that covers internet marketing strategies and leadership tactics to move your business forward with your host, Joshua Jarvis. Hey, and welcome back to Forward Marketing Podcast. That's the number four, RD Marketing. You can catch us online at forwardmarketing.com slash podcast. That's where all the show notes are. And I am just so excited to be here. One of the terms that has been really exciting me uh, over the last, I don't know, a few years is this term growth hacking. It just sounds really cool. Um, You know, I really do think that some of the titles are getting a little bit out of hand. I mean, there's been... I can remember when a friend was the chief evangelist officer, whatever that means. And, you know, there's there, there's the marketing ninjas, there's um, all these sort of things. And so, I mean, even digital marketing manager is something that uh, you know, doesn't, I mean, it's a little bit more uh, specific to, I guess, things that you do. But these titles are really getting out of hand. Uh, so today I wanted to talk to you about growth hacking. What is it? And what are some techniques that you can use in your business from the growth hacking perspective? Last week, we talked about automation. And automation, in fact, is sort of a growth hacking technique. It is something that you could do and implement in your business. Uh, you could take what we, we talked about two weeks ago. We talked about your CRM and the things it needs to have in that. And it's a database. So in order to grow your business and sell it, or grow your business to pass on to another generation, you need to have that database. That's two episodes ago if you wanted to go check that out. Um, and then we've got, uh, last week we talked about automation and sort of the things that, need, so, sort of a, a handful of ways that you need to automate some plans in your CRM to follow up with new opportunities that come into your business. And if you implemented all of those, high five, you are like part of the, you know, the part of the 1% that does this and can do it at a high level, especially as a small business owner, right? So uh, most of the businesses that implement automation at that level with all of those different, with all those different plans I mentioned are, um, you know, multi-million dollar comp- companies or they're using very expensive CRMs. Um, they're using a lot of Salesforce integrations as well or um, something called Infusionsoft. So, so you're doing all that. You're saying, okay, that's the automatic, uh, automatic stuff this year. But how do I generate more leads? That's really what is at the heart of growth hacking. Uh, most people call it lead generation, but not the internet world. The internet world always comes up with some sort of new word. Something new needs to happen. So what exactly is growth hacking? Well, it's actually kind of defined multiple different ways. But growth hacking is marketing that is focused on growth only. Wow, I know your mind was just blown as I read that. You're like, so growth hacking is uh, stuff that something that has to do with growth. What? Yeah, so uh, kind of interesting story. Uh, this fella, Sean Ellis, uh, was trying to grow his business, or he was in sort of in charge of that, and he was trying to hire people, and he kept hiring. He's so he kept running an ad for marketer, and guess what he got? Marketers. And so as he's interviewing these marketers, he made a lot of brilliant people, just amazing guys, uh, guys and gals. But uh, but something was missing. They weren't focused on growth enough. And so he thought, well, how am I going to get someone that is so that's marketing focused on growth, but understands the needs of a brand new business? Meaning there might not be a lot of money or we may have to leverage technology instead of people, right? So we might not have a call center. We may not have a sales force, 
but we may have access to technology. So that's where he came up with the term growth hacking. So this came out in, I guess, 2011. Uh, so here we are seven years later, and it's now sort of a buzzword. And so I just wanted to explain to you what it was. And so he came up with that word, started asking people for growth hackers as far as an interview and got more of the people. So what is a growth hacker is, uh, so what is a growth hacker? A growth hacker is someone that's focused on growth and that's their entire focus. So um, sort of sidebar, uh, if you wanted to know someone who's focused on growth, how do you do that? Well, there's a really cool John Maxwell values exercise that if you wanted to find someone whose singular focus is growth, that you could go through this exercise with them. And so they give you a deck of cards in this John Maxwell exercise. And you get a deck of cards and uh, each one has a value on it. Some, one of them says value. One of them says integrity. One of them says money. One of them says uh, growth. One of them says, you know, um, assertiveness or whatever. There's a bunch of these different words. And so you go through this exercise uh, with these cards and you narrow down the 50 to 10. Your 10 core values. And then you, as a bonus step, you go down to five and then you go down to three and then you go down to one. Well, uh, spoiler alert, mine is growth. So that's why this resonates so well with me. That's why someone's so focused on growth. So what is someone so focused on growth who doesn't necessarily know it? They're focused on say lead generation. They're think, focused on things that move businesses forward, that grow businesses. So this is why this topic is super exciting to me. Um, so the other part of this is hacking. So hacking means, you know, you're thinking of Mr. Robot right now. You're thinking of, um, it's funny that Christian Slater's and then I'm thinking of another movie with Christian Slater. Um, but the reality, uh, reality of it is, is that hacking doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a programmer. It doesn't mean, it's sort of an outlook on life. Sort of, can I use things in the world in a different way than maybe they were designed to, to achieve my goal? Uh, so case in point, Airbnb. Airbnb uh, is now, you know, almost a household name. They, you know, they've got this great thing. There's a lot of sort of hacking going on. You could sort of say they, they did a real estate hack with the houses and all this other stuff. Um, but how did they grow? What was the growth hacking they did? Well, they already used something that was out there called Craigslist in order to get uh, their business off the ground. So they went where the audience was already and sort of in other words, hacked Craigslist. I mean, they didn't physically hack it. You know, it wasn't no anonymous video being sent. Uh, there's no viruses being installed. They just went on Craigslist, and that was the original their original platform as they were grow, sort of growing. So, really, a uh, really cool story. A lot of this stuff is, like I said, one of the reasons why I'm so excited is because uh, the hacking part. So, growing, right, is the point. Every business wants to grow, right? If you're not growing, you're dying. Uh, the other part of this hacking is sort of like, what can I use already? What resources do I have already that can help me generate business and grow? So, uh, so I wanted to come in with some different ideas here for you that um, that you may have already, like you may already be doing. You may have already listened to an episode about this, uh, but the reality of it is, this is a growth hacker technique. So. Uh, one group of, of techniques is what I would call, it all goes into the bucket of SEO. So search and optimization actually is a growth hacking technique. Why is that? Well, because uh, it ha you have the ability with having one person uh, do this activity 
and it can bring you results for comparably not a lot of money. So, uh, versus say buying buying uh, opportunities. The other thing about SEO is that it tends to be long term. So, it may take you longer to get off the ground, but the cost overall. Let's say you have this person, you hired a growth hacker, he's using SEO as his technique, then you know, then long maybe the short term is is that you're having to pay the salary and not getting a lot of return on it. But long term is is that it's going to be building the traffic long term. So it depends on what your I guess your time horizon is. So blogging. Blogging is a great way to get your information out there. You could do guest blogging. If, if you have a product, it's another way to sort of get to influencers. You could let them do reviews. All kinds of things can come from blogging. But blogging is still a great resource whether you do it yourself to sort of highlight a product or service or whether you do uh, or whether you share it with others podcasting that's what we're doing we're doing podcasting now some people have emailed me and said hey i noticed you're not selling anything i don't understand the purpose of the podcast the purpose the purpose isn't for you to buy something from me the purpose is for you to grow your business that's the whole purpose if you really want to take it to the next step then your you know, the purpose of the podcast is for you to contact me and have me help you grow your business but that's it that's my only motive on this whole thing is to help you grow your business. If you email me at joshua at fordmarketing.com and tell me that you love my podcast, it just makes my day. I mean, that it really does. When I've gotten emails and said, oh, I loved your last episode or I listened to your last episode, I love, and what, what's funny is I get, I probably turn red. No one sees me because I'm usually in my office, but I'll probably turn red and feel bad because I, I feel like each episode, I may get a little bit better at podcasting, but I feel like I left maybe one or two things out and I just don't have the time to update the show notes. And so I usually feel pretty bad if someone sends me those, those, uh, those emails, but I love getting them. Cause I know if I'm able to help you, that's like my purpose in life is to help you grow. So podcasting is another great way you could, um, you see a lot of authors do this. In fact, authors utilize a lot of growth marketing strategies, not so much hacking strategies. Uh, I think the only person that I've seen use, uh, sort of growth hacking strategies in the the world of publishing would be someone like Seth Godin, who you know Purple Cow was probably the thing that you know growth hacking one on one sort of for him. So, but in podcasting, you could go online, you could do interviews, um, you could go and you know to get the word out there that way. So, podcasting ebooks is another one. Uh, I have a friend he actually uh, was on the show not too long ago, John Poli. Uh, he wrote a little book for agents and uh, then used it to give it away to get people into his sort of sales cycle, if you will. So it's another great tool to use. You can, you know, basically you can do the ebook and give that information away. Uh, people value things and they're packaged in a, in a certain way. And that's why ebooks are more popular than say, like, than say something else. So if you had a course where someone had to have a login to get into, that would be good too. But information that's packaged uh, is valuable to people. So an ebook, uh, infographics is um, why is e oh, one of the I love a note here. It says SEO for ebooks. Uh, ebooks also is a great way to generate uh, email lists and sort of those sort of, sort of things. So you'd have this great piece of content. And say hey, go deeper. Check out our ebook. You know something like that. Uh, so that's why that's in that SEO column for me. Um, infographics is a great one. Uh, take some data, particularly that's related to your business. Um, although you could do a completely unrelated piece of data. And, I mean, unrelated uh, sort of set of data and do an infographic for it. And if it's shared and people like it, uh, it can drive traffic to your website. Um, and so there's a bunch of websites that utilize this kind of strategy. 
Uh, Wallet Hub is one. I'm trying to think of the other one uh, where they'll come up with some stats and do a, an infographic and then they'll start. I mean, basically, they spam a bunch of people who blog about it. And uh, but the information is pretty cool. You know, uh, I remember getting these emails from uh, Wallet Hub and seeing the infographic and going, wow, I never really considered, you know, what, <laughs> what city has the highest divorce rate? I mean, would have never thought of that. Um, it doesn't seem like contextually, it doesn't seem to be of importance to Wallet Hub, um, but it does generate traffic and it's a great strategy. So no matter what business you're in, you could try to think of some different stats that are relative to your business. Um, you know, you could do, if you're like a lawn care business, I use this lawn care business thing last, uh, last episode a lot, uh, but you could do, you literally could do an infographic on the times of year, the bugs. I mean, there's so many different things in your business. You just usually have to sit down. I know my problem is, is I don't sit down long enough and slow down long enough to actually uh, execute as well as I'd like. Uh, I spend so much time sort of running, running, running that, um, and I know a lot of business owners do that, where you've got all these different ideas that you could implement and it's just really, really hard. Um, and so infographics, probably one of those things where you would want to hire someone to do it, but all of these are relatively low cost um, opportunities. Um, I don't necessarily recommend Fiverr, but you could hire, you know, a graphic a graphic artist to come up with your infographic um, and just give them some basic data off your uh, from your from your business. So um, another thing that is quite used by a lot of small business, uh, like the local businesses, like the painters and whatnot, uh, is a webinar. But webinars are great for growth. Um, you could do a webinar. We've considered doing webinars in our own business at Ford Marketing, um, and you, know, you could do in real estate. We did webinars for, uh, you know, instead of doing the seminar where people go and sit down and sort of listen to you, you can do a webinar. Uh, so there's a lot of that. That's a lot of internet marketing uh, people that do the webinars, but you could definitely do uh, webinars. It's definitely a low, you know, exchange your email for to view this content and it's kind of a low, um, low barrier to entry. And that's really what that's a lot of this is about is. Uh, I want to create a really low barrier of entry. I want to tr create tremendous value and uh, in exchange for at least an email address. So uh, something else you could do is utilize social media. Um, you could do um, obviously sharing. You could do a contest. Uh, recently had a real estate agent uh, client that did a contest and they were able to generate tremendous number of leads for that. A cost is obviously whatever you're giving away. Uh, and then you could also sort of plus the contest uh, by either, you know, obviously you got uh, advertisements that you could do, uh, but you can also plus the contest with different software that sort of pluses the contest. Um, I saw one that's called Q, uh, like you're waiting in a queue. I think it's qat.com. Um, I'll put this in the show notes, but um, or if you remind me, I'm, <laughs> I maybe forget. Um, but it's what it does is it lets people um, share and tweet your content and it's sort of as a, as a contest. So they build points for every time they do something and really, really cool piece of content. Um, I know a lot of my SEO friends would hate that I mentioned this guy's name out loud, but uh, Neil Patel is actually the one that turned me on to this. So um, I don't know why there's such a, a lot of hater aid on him. But anyway, contest. Um, the other thing is uh, I read this about marketplaces. So um, it didn't immediately hit me, uh, but if you created a marketplace for people, to exchange services. Uh, it could be a way for you to grow your users. It could be ultimately that marketplace would be something that you would sell. Um, but there's a lot of um, 
opportunity in these different market spaces, marketplaces for you to be the market maker, for you to be the service, the seller, or to be the buyer. Uh, and what I mean by that is, let's take something like Fiverr, for instance. Now, Fiverr's business is actually the marketplace. So, uh, but you could be a seller on Fiverr and sell the services for $5 as a way to start getting new customers and getting reviews and those sort of things. You could be a buyer, you could be buying reviews, you could be buying uh, opportunities of, say you have a customer that is a seller on Fiverr, you could go to the buyer and be a buyer and be buying opportunities, sort of like, um, trying to think of another world, world, world example of this, um, but you basically, if you have a service that your audience is is the seller on a on Fiverr, for instance, let's say I had a uh, SEO ranking tool or an SEO some sort of SEO tool, I could go and buy uh, marketing from SEO providers on Fiverr to market my SEO tool that they were the their customer. So that could be a way that you could do that. Um, but there's a bunch of different things that you could do with the marketplace. Um, I'm trying to think of like, for instance, I had a, a contact one time that asked me about, um, sort of resume writing. Imagine if that person created a marketplace for resume writers to, uh, sort of to help people who want a new resume. So instead of the service becoming, uh, writing the resume and maybe they have the ultimate plan, the ultimate resume plan. Uh, but they offered, you know, sort of the resume writing services, of, of sort of freelancers, if you would. So anyway, just something to think about. That's not going to be perfect for everyone. Um, but one of the things, and I mentioned this early in the episode, uh, one of the techniques that you can use to growth hack is something called LOPA. And um, I know a lot of you probably are like, what did he just say? It's leveraging other people's audiences. And so that's what Airbnb did. They leveraged the audience that was already on Craigslist and uh, in order to grow their business. Uh, you see this every single day on Facebook. You're leveraging the audience that's already on Facebook in order to grow your business. You see it on LinkedIn. You're leveraging the audience on LinkedIn. Uh, so those are really big examples. What about on a real world example though? What if um, a smart pest control person, Dan, if you're listening, I'm talking to you, and a lawn care person got together? and sort of decided that they are going to cross-pollinate, they're going to use each other's audiences to grow their business. So I'll, let me walk you through this whole thing in case you didn't get it. The pest control guy is in the house at least once a year checking for termites, but maybe quarterly to spray for bucks. The lawn care person in the state of Georgia is here probably nine months out of the year. And it's usually twice a week every week for at least six of those months, right? So they're coming, they're cutting my grass. Oh, I see a lot of bugs, Mr. Jarvis. Uh, you may I recommend my friend Dan to come and spray because you have a lot of bugs outside. I'm, I'm guessing that you may have a lot of bugs that may be trying to get inside. Have you seen bugs inside? Uh, 100% out of everyone that lives in Georgia is going to say yes, whether they have the pest treatment or not. It doesn't matter. There are spiders, there are roaches, there's all things get inside the house. Um, maybe this isn't true if you don't have children, but I have children and they bring stuff in. So um, in fact, sometimes I want to just spray the children. But anyway, so what would happen to Dan's business if he found a friend in lawn care that did that? 
what would happen if Dan was out spraying for termites or spraying for bugs and said, gee, I noticed that your, that your lawn, it looks like you're doing a good job taking care of it yourself, but I noticed that if you did a few extra things, you could keep the bugs from coming inside the house. And what if he did that? Yeah, he would grow, both of them could grow each other's businesses by doing that. So what kind of business could you partner with to do this? Now, we talked about this in networking so many episodes ago. We talked about this, but as a growth hacking tool, where is someone that has an audience of the people that you want? You see this is like mortgage people do this all the time. They leech off of real estate agents because when in the home buying process, people look for homes. They're not looking for real estate agents. They're not looking for loan officers. They're not looking for insurance people. They're looking for homes. So when they look for homes, they encounter agents. When they encounter an agent, They've got, you know, this, a, a contact is created, that person adds them to the CRM, all this stuff. Well, guess who wants all of that information? Mortgage companies do. So they contact agents. They take them out to dinner. They offer them different things, hopefully all legal things. And uh, so that's how that happens. So that's, that's an example of real world growth hacking that has nothing to do with the internet. Uh, there are some other ways that you could growth hack. Um, they're kind of boring. Um, but they do fall into the category of growth hacking, just so that you can kind of get a grasp of this. That it's really not anything you know, like you can. You at the end of this episode, you can say, "I'm a growth hacker." Like I, you could totally do that. You go go to the grocery store, be like, "Hey, what do you do for a living?" I'm a growth hacker. Like totally just do that. I in fact, I think I'm going to do that when after this episode's over. Um, so some other ways that you can growth hack: uh, run ads. I know. I know, <laughs> mind blown. You can run ads to grow your business. Now, a growth hacker will look at, uh, you know, you can just run ads. Now, a growth hacker would do something like look at the ads and try to think of something creative or some other way to generate a, a business or a buzz around the ad. You know, um, the growth hackers probably were one of the first people that sort of abused uh, abused the ads and created a lot of these policies where someone said, oh, you know what, uh, growth hacking, these guys are completely ethical. But they said, okay, there's no rule against running ads for my competitor. So if I'm a Remax agent, I could run an ad that says Keller Williams agent. And so when someone types in Keller Williams, they see my ad. It, you know, I happen to be Remax, but they see my ad. So that's kind of like maybe the mentality of the growth hacker, but you can run ads. And, you know, Facebook ads, um, different kinds of ads, video ads. If it's cutting edge, if it's technology, if there's a little twist to it, you can kind of call it growth hacking. But basically, it's all about growth. Um, promo swap. I really like this idea. Uh, promo swap is basically where, um, like we talked about, hey, uh, I'm treating your lawn right now. I'm fertilizing it. And uh, if you want, I can add in, you know, I can give you a $10 coupon for Dan's pest control service so that he can come out. And although your lawn will be really green, it'll be full of bugs. He can come out and kill those bugs. Um, so same concept as before, promo swap, you could totally do this. Um, in fact, we even have this as kind of like an affiliate program, which is really the next next one I was going to list. But, you know, I mentioned, I think uh, STM Rush is uh, somewhere on our site. And, you know, if you use it, I get, I may get something from it. But um, the, if you click on the link, you get a discount. So, so that's a, another example of that. Uh, so affiliates, we just mentioned that. Affiliates are people who, uh, you could sort of uh, give a commission to to do to sort of sell your business. So you see this a lot in the internet world. Michael Hyatt has a, a you know affiliate program. You sell his uh, planners and his webinars, and you get a cut of the sales proceeds. 
Um, Ebates does this. Uh, it's a great, great tool to you know get back the money that you from clicking on ads and stuff. Um, and then you know you see this in real estate. Well, rolling this real estate agent may have a client. They send it to another agent. That person sends them a referral fee. Um, in some ways, that's kind of an affiliate program. So you want to look for ways where you could sort of you could say, okay, um, I'm treating your lawn. If you refer me your neighbor, I'll give you ten dollars off, or I'll give you ten dollars of theirs. So if my neighbor is using my lawn care business and they use it for six months and it costs 40 bucks and I say, I'll give you 10%. So I'm giving you $4 a month off because you've referred me someone. So that's an affiliate program. So I think a lot of times we look at these internet marketing tools or techniques and we totally get blinders on because we're like, oh, my business is not an internet marketing business. My business is different. No, your business is not different. All businesses are pretty much the same. Yes, their tactics are different. Yes, the vocabulary is different. But ultimately, you need to generate sales. You need to generate revenue, right? I mean, that's, you know, that's it. So, uh, so we talked about affiliates. Uh, obviously, salespeople. Now, I, re- I I did read this off a list. Full disclosure, I am being transparent. I found a list of growth hacking techniques so that I could bring them to you on the episode. Uh, hiring salespeople, ooh, that's a stretch. I mean, for real. Um, but sales is definitely these are what they're called sort of push techniques if you will but in order to get your business out there you're going to need to hire salespeople. i really love the um the companies and i've seen this with some pest control companies actually where they'll hire a bunch of like really young kids and just send them door to door like if you've ever seen that um that is probably about as close as real world growth hacking that you'll see um I don't really know that hiring a sales staff it could, should be considered growth hacking. I think that's a mistake. But I am reading off a list, so I want to let you know. So, what are some other things that you can do to sort of growth hack? So, this is just a bonus round. Uh, so, social media. Not just sharing your content, uh, which is you know getting a way to share it, but sort of those invitations. And we hate it, right? But... What, what if you said, every person I meet, uh, I'm going to invite to LinkedIn before I start sending them sales material? So you get someone who's accepted your LinkedIn invite, they're probably more likely to read your email. Um, so you can also do, if you have a business, uh, let's say you're a CRM company and you're listening to my podcast, hey, hit me up. If you heard the episode, you know that I love CRMs. Um, but integrations, like I am dumbfounded at the CRMs or these technology tools that do not open up their product to be integrated with other things. It just, it, it blows my mind. Like, no, I don't want to have to open up 20 different tools. So open it up, guys. So if you have a software company, if you're listening right now, you should have some sort of API that at the very least works with Zapier. At the very least. Uh, that should be like the bar, you know, the b- bottom of the bar. But have a way to integrate to where I can play with your tool and still keep my tool. Let's not make this a z- like this this game where it's a win lose game. Where in order to use your tool, I really need to move my entire team over to it. No, no, no. There's enough to go around. There's no reason to think this way. So that's a way to really grow it. If I had a tool right now that I had built, if I was skilled enough to do that. That'd be one of the ways I would grow my business is by creating an API so that everyone could integrate with my tool, my tool could integrate with theirs, and we could all play nice. So that's more of a an app focused, but you know you could you know you could 
you could do that. So the other way, you know, sort of I have a little note here uh, before I begin talking about the next one is about integrations. When you talk about uh, one of the things that you could do that you could integrate better with is sort of like a process where multiple vendors sort of touch a customer. Instead of just letting it happen, integrate with them. I know, I know, I'm getting a little philosophical on you guys, but the reality is like in real estate, when my client was the happiest was when I was able to coordinate and integrate with the mortgage person, the insurance person, the inspector, all those people, right? So when I called my 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 inspector, Hank Spindler, he already knew, like he and I had already talked, and so he knew how to handle the client. We had integrated our process together so that when he talked to the client, he already knew. He referenced me by name, they felt comfortable. It was like he was part of the family. So that's the offline way to integrate and do growth hacking. So you can still go to the grocery store and tell people, I'm a growth hacker. All right, so backlinks. That's really in the SEO category. Um, now, whether you do outreach to generate links or whether you are buying them, uh, <clears throat> black hat. But if you are doing anything like that to build backlinks um, to your site, uh, the best places to do it, particularly for this episode, like in the context of this episode, you want to build backlinks where uh, you want to get links from sites where they would drive traffic. So normally in an SEO strategy, backlinks are you're trying to get signals to tell Google that your site's super important. Hey, look at the, look at me. These sites point at me. It's important. And that's what you're trying to do. In the case of this strategy, you're trying to get traffic. So for instance, you want links on places that people look. If you have a tourism site, you want your link on TripAdvisor. Okay. You want your link on a travel blog. You want those sort of things because it is going to make sense for you to drive traffic to you. You don't need it on a real estate website if you're a travel blog. I mean, if you're a, uh, you know, if you're like a, a tourist place. So, uh, so anyway, so so that could be that. The other thing is, um, you could give away incentives. You could create freemium products. Um, Dropbox is the close classic example. In fact, that's where growth hacking term comes from. Is the guy that was associated with Dropbox is uh, giving away the product. Um, when, when Dropbox first started, it said, hey, I'm gonna give you a free 250, whatever it was, I'm gonna give you some space for free, and then if you want more space, all you have to do is invite your friend, right? And so, of course, I'm gonna invite as many people as I can so I can get the full amount of space, all right? So that's incentives, or taking your product onto a freemium level, if you have a freemium way. Now, service providers, you really can't do a whole lot of freemium, although some would argue that service providers do a lot of freemium work up front in order to get the sale. So it just depends on how you look at it, I guess. And then finally uh, is the influencer marketing. This is really sort of growth hacking space in a sense that um, you're reaching out to influencers, um, some of which are, are cool people and some of which aren't. And you're basically saying, hey, try my product, or can you write a review, or can you be seen with it? Um, or, you know, tr you know, basically you're giving out samples. And so I'm gonna end with this because I think it's really cool that one of the original growth hackers is actually Chinese Combo King, or any Chinese restaurant store, restaurant that you've seen in the mall, they give you what? <laughs> That's right, they're out there with their uh, sweet and sour chicken, or whatever it is, giving you samples, hoping that you'll eat it, you'll get hungry and wanna buy it. Those are the original growth hackers. That's what you can do. You can give away a sample and be a total growth hacker. You can still go to parties and they say, what do you do? He's, I'm a growth hacker. Totally do that. 
I think, uh, and I think that's the best way to end this episode. So I hope you enjoyed it. I did too. Um, got a little silly because I just love growth hacking. I really love the idea of something that's so focused, so singularly focused on growing your business. In fact, I should just call this the growth hacking web uh, podcast. In fact, I'm, I'm seriously thinking about that right now. Maybe I'll even edit this out so that it doesn't sound like I'm thinking about it out loud on the podcast. But in any case, thanks so much for listening. If you want to get in touch with me, you can just email me at joshua at fordmarketing.com. That's the number four, rdmarketing.com. And I would love it if you sent me your requests, uh, you sent me your thoughts, you sent me anything to communicate. I love talking to my audience. Uh, And what I love even more, actually, I don't love it more, but I need it more. Uh, is your review on iTunes. So if you wouldn't mind going to the website for marketing.com slash podcast, click on the iTunes button and just drop us a great review. I would be forever grateful. So thanks so much for listening and catch us next week on the Ford Marketing Podcast.